Dan, do you know what I really like about chainsaws? What? They make really cool toys. <laughs> yes, they do. I am looking at your toy chainsaw here on the desk, and it makes me, well, the reason we have it is because of our segment known as Listener Mail. Yeah. And we have a, do we, we do have an email that we want to read on the air, but I'm sitting here looking at this chainsaw and it is just a perfect representation of a, of a steel farm boss. 500 I. <laughs> no matter yeah. what you do with magic markers, you cannot make that a 500 I. No, it's actually, if you look on the back, it's got the, uh, the cover is shaped just like one. Right. It is sold as a miniature 500i. Is it really? Yes. It, yeah. it looks it looks just perfect. <laughs> yeah, a, a scale a scale version of a of a chainsaw. Yeah. It actually would be a nice handy size for like just limbing and trimming up little nubs on on logs and stuff. <laughs> I have seen other, they're not toys though. They're real like pocket chainsaws and they have like about a four inch bar and they, they're shaped almost like a cordless drill Yeah, and you just yep. squeeze the trigger. It's like the cut off little branches and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pruning, pruning and limbing. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but that thing looks really cool. And here's what I really think is neat about these toy chainsaws is they just don't have to be for little kids. No. That was, when I saw this in the store, I was more excited to get it than my <laughs> eight-year-old. <laughs> Too bad they're so expensive. They could be They could be a, a really nice, that could be better than the Jelly of the Month Club as a, <laughs> as a Christmas present. It could yeah. be, it, it could just go for anyone. All right. Little, every, every model... You, know. you could get one for your wife. Yep. And then and then you can just start using it throughout the year. <laughs> so, do you want to hear it run? Do you want to hear it what oh, it sounds? Let's let's do it officially though. Yes, let's officially announce. Let me announce that it is now time for our segment known as Listener Mail. All right. There we go. I like All it. All right. And this week we have an email from Christopher. And Christopher. he wrote us to let us know how much he enjoyed our episodes on our vacations. Oh, wow. And he he is from the, um, let's see, where is it? Um, Mount Hood, Mammoth Falls, a bunch of other places he listed off that's nearby where he lives. So he said, if we're ever in... Uh, or if ever looking to take another vacation, to come out his way and take in some of the sights. But yeah, he really enjoyed um, the episodes on hearing just about our vacations, where we went, what we saw, and all that stuff. So, Christopher, uh, thanks for sending in the email. And Mount Hood is in, is that in Oregon? I you weren't in is. Oregon though, were you? No, I was just to Washington. Yeah. But I would think a mountain that big, you can see it from multiple states. So it's 
<laughs> you were there close enough. Close, yes. Right. <laughs> Isn't that funny when you live somewhere? Like when I am here in Northeast Ohio, if I'm in, you know, say Cleveland and someone would say, where are you from? I'll say, I'll say my hometown. And then, but if I am in, uh, if I'm at the Paul Bunyan show in Cambridge, Ohio, they'll say, where are you from? I'll say, I'm from Youngstown, even though I'm not technically from Youngstown. And yeah. then when I used to live in Memphis, Tennessee, people would say, where are you from? I'd say, I'm from Cleveland because <laughs> no one, no one knew where Youngstown was. So everyone knew where Cleveland was. So I think that's probably the same thing with going on vacation or if you live in, if you live out in the shadow of Mount Hood, you could maybe be, I don't know, where is it? It could be on the border. Can you see it from Washington or not? Yeah, it could be any any number of places. But <clears throat> I've had the same, I'm, I'm the same way. Like no one, very few people know of the hometown that I grew up in. Well, actually, I didn't even grow up in a town. Um, I was out in the country. So anyone, whenever people ask me, I just say West Central Wisconsin, because that's, you know, <laughs> they can kind of then get an idea of whereabouts, but. You could just say you're from Milwaukee and they'll go, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. You ever say someone, you, you would like say, uh, a, you know, I would say like, I'm from Youngstown and you could tell they, they're polite. They'll go, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They, I've never heard of that place. Yeah. No idea where that is, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My favorite chainsaw is the 500i. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Yeah, real good. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I um, have noticed a big change in something from the last time you and me met. I have too. And let me it tell is... you, I think I may have brought it with me. <laughs> it, is, it is white stuff all over the ground outside. We had our first snow on October the 19th. Oh my gosh. This yes. is too early. This is we haven't even had Halloween yet. But then if there is any relief, however, I was told that we're supposed to be back into the 70s next week. Yeah. What the heck? I know. I uh mm -hmm. back in Wisconsin, we had snow a few days before that. So it was, I believe it was the 17th, we had snow. And then I heard in the upper peninsula of Michigan, they had over a foot. Yes. Come on. <laughs> this is too early. This is too yep. early in the in the year for this. I I had a delivery yesterday and it was just rainy and cold. And you know, it was 40 degrees. And I was thinking, you know, I'm miserable right now, but I know if this was February, I'd probably be saying, oh, we've got a nice break in the weather. Yeah, what a nice day. <laughs> Part of it is being relative the, with the temperature, but oh, I was feeling it yesterday. I'm not ready for the cold. I'm cold today. I just can't get warm. <laughs> and oh, it just makes me, when the first cold spell comes, there is just this mad dash to get everything ready for the winter time. Yes. And I don't, and I just don't mean the woodshed, but I mean everything around the house. I still got patio furniture out, you know. I still I just got so got to take down the basketball hoop. There's just so much I have to do. Yeah, and that's that's where I think um not only are you 
you feel the cold, you sense the change in the weather, but then I think it's that anxiety sets in of like, oh my gosh, I have all this stuff I need to get done. And, you know, this is a reminder. I need to do it. I have so much to get done. <laughs> oh, my wood supply is nowhere, nowhere close. So let me, I need to put an asterisk next to that. I, I don't have, where I'm sitting at right now, I do not have enough wood to get me through the winter. However, my wood pile will be a static, how do you say that? Static entity this this winter. You know, I will be pulling from it, but I will also be adding to it. Yes. So it would be of... nice to have everything made and stacked, and I just know I got enough to get through the wintertime. And I don't, but I do know that I will be adding to it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I... And the complete opposite. <laughs> I have plenty to get me through this winter, ready to go. And I think I even have enough for next winter. Ready to really? Go. No kidding. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's, it's a nice supply and it's a good feeling. But there's always that challenge of being ahead and staying ahead. So, you know, you can get ahead, but then to stay ahead, you just got to keep at it. Got to keep making that wood. I think I'm going in. I I lose track. I think I've said I'm going into my 16th winter for like the last four winters in a row. I'd have to do the math here. I think this is either 16 or my 17th winter with my outdoor wood furnace. And I don't think I have ever went through the year with all of the wood that I needed. It seemed like I am always chasing my tail come late February and March. Yeah, I'm, I used to, I was once in that position as well, scrambling, mm -hmm. trying to find wood. Yeah, there were a couple of years where I'm <laughs> looking at the dining room table, you know, I'm thinking, <laughs> I don't know. How many days <laughs> can I get out of that? <laughs> yeah, do we really need, do we really need this? I told you the one time, this is a, this is a true story, where I used to work in Cleveland and I had the, the, the main outer belt is Route 271. And for about a month, there was a chunk of firewood laying on the shoulder of the highway <laughs> at the off-ramp that I had to get, I had to exit to go to work. And then just the one day, I literally, I pulled off to the side of the road and I threw it in my trunk and drove off. <laughs> <laughs> That's how desperate I was for firewood that year. Yeah, well, you gotta uh -huh. do what you gotta do. Yeah, I remember there was, I was a, big fan of survivor man when that was on tv do you ever yeah. did you ever see that show yep. he was almost like the original youtuber he would go out into the woods with his cameras and film himself yep. he would put himself into a survival situation he would make fire by rubbing sticks together you know he would make a a, a, a uh, shelter out of branches and all and his slogan was uh, whenever you feel your wood pile is big enough make it five times bigger <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I I think that is 100% true. 100%. Yes. Mm -hmm. Never have enough firewood. Nope. Never enough. Never. So what other things have you, uh, uh, what other things are on your list as far as preparing for winter and getting ready for the snow? Well, still with heating, I, there are some things I have to do to my furnace. Now, by tradition, and I think it was also because I never really had enough firewood, 
we I wouldn't start my furnace until after Halloween, and then I usually shut it down at Easter. Oh. So I I have this year some things that have to get repaired. I had done a video on that where my furnace has a forced air system to it. So it's got grates, these big, heavy cast iron chunks of steel. And they, if you don't maintain your ash level, you, you can break them because like they trap too much heat and they get overheated and then all the weight from the logs sitting on top of them, they can crack. So I have two, there's three grates I have one that's in good shape and the other two will, will not make it through the winter. And I need to drive up to my furnace shop in Cherry Valley, Ohio, and pick up two grates. They're going to be about like $100 each. Oh, Ooh, man. And then, then I just operate under the assumption that when I bring it up to temperature and plug everything in, it's going to run. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, which may not happen, but I'm hoping that it does. That's what you, yeah, that's what you always hope for. You flip the switch and everything is just going to run as it should. Right. But about in yours, do you, you, you don't drain your water out. You leave it full and just shut everything down over the spring and summer. Yes. <clears throat> and then in the fall, when I'm ready to start it up, I top it off, make sure the water level's full and it's pretty much, yeah, I just flip a switch start a fire and and go uh-huh and i've already done that i started my boiler on september 23rd believe it or wow. not wow <laughs> that's really early yeah there's nothing stopping us from you know firing our furnace up early like that the the challenge though is well one it helps me get through the springtime with more firewood <laughs> you know it's like end loading your burning season <laughs> you you don't light your fire so we do go through some cold nights we use space heaters here in the house before we fire up the furnace the other thing and you probably experience this too if the temperature warms up and your house isn't calling for heat your your fire can go out and that is somewhat of a pain for me because you know, we have that forced air draft system yeah and that means that blower motor could kick on. It could run for days without you ever knowing that it was, that the fire was out. Yeah, I, I don't have that that problem. If if And if I'll watch the temperatures, if it's going to be warm, I just don't put as much wood on. And then, you know, because then the cycle time between when the blower kicks on and off is a little bit longer. So things just kind of sit and smolder. But... Mm -hmm. I have had to uh, open windows in the house because it's been, you know, so warm outside and inside. So. Oh, wow. Do you heat your hot your domestic hot water with, yes. um, with your furnace? Yep. Yeah, as do I. That's probably what I love the most is we do. We have the hottest shower in Northeast Ohio. Yeah. I challenge anyone that... <laughs> um, that, that thinks they're going to have a hotter shower than us. Oh, I love our shower in the wintertime. And then we have an electric domestic hot water tank in the basement. It's like a big 80-gallon tank. And we I flip the breaker switch on that. Oh. And then it's, it's practically <clears throat> hot water on demand because the, the feed to the house goes out to the furnace. There's a little mini heat exchanger inside the water tank. And it coils around, picks up heat, and it comes right back into the house. Yep. Yeah. 
And we do. We wind up having a smaller electric bill in the wintertime because of that. Same, same, same here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it makes sense because, you know, that's a 220 service for the hot water tank. You know, in the yeah. blower motor, you know, the forced air furnace in the basement's 110. It's not using as much electricity. What about other responsibilities you have in and around your woodshed? Do you have to winterize? Do you have to get certain tools out or put the put the wheelbarrow over here? <laughs> no, leave not, a path for your truck. Not really. The only thing I do is I will um, put tarps on some of my wood piles and some of my stacks of wood that I know I'm not going to be accessing or touching until spring. Just I don't know. I'm I'm I just like doing that just to keep the you know two three feet of snow off right. of them so i do that and that's about it yeah i do not cover anything i have a portion of my woodshed where the wood's under the roof <laughs> but over the years i've noticed that i think that roof is out there for me so when <laughs> i'm outside in the rain and the snow i can just stand there because there are times i just like to go out there and look at my furnace yeah. And watch it work and watch the fire burn inside. I find it enjoyable. It's nice. And when the, when there is deep snow, that does become, become a pain because then you got to go dig through the pile and yank out logs and all. My my pile right now is just an unmanaged dump. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have the nicest, needed, neatest stacked woodshed around until I started selling firewood. I can't explain it, but now it is just a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i can't say that I'm my I've, I've got a woodshed that my boiler is in it's under a shelter as well and i you know the wood that's in there is all stacked and then when i do bring stuff in um i bring it in ibc totes so it's it's not too bad mm -hmm. here's another thing that i do every year i drive to harbor freight and I buy a pair of welder's gloves. Oh. Because I use the, I put the welder's gloves when I go out there. Because I used to just use like a heavy glove, but it wasn't good enough because I would get, the flame would come up through like the cuff on my coat and burn oh. off my arm hairs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I got these welder's gloves and they're pretty cheap from Harbor Freight. They only last about a year. They get pretty tore up. But they're they're good. They they protect my skin, you know, my hands and my forearms almost up to my elbows from the heat. Because they're you know sometimes it's a jackpot when you open that door. Oh yeah, <laughs> you don't know what awaits inside. Yep the the mm -hmm. the backdraft. The cool air goes in and the flame reignites and comes right out the door and singes your eyebrows off and <laughs> yes that's happened to me. The worst I had it I really burn off the front of my 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 hair one time <laughs> it was it got burnt enough to where i had to go get a haircut and have the lady balance everything out uh, now so i i always wear a, a knit hat and i you know i have it pulled down pretty low and i have my coat that i always wear when i'm out there even if it's not cold enough i'll still wear it i think it also keeps all the smoke out of your hair and off of your clothes because sometimes you get tired of reeking of smoke when you come in the house <clears throat> coming in the house and smelling like a smoked meat <laughs> yeah yeah so what else do you have to do other than the the furnace and your wood supply what else are you going to be doing between now and 
and when the when when winter gets a grip and doesn't let go um i probably should just pull out all of my snow shovels have them handy and ready you know put those in the front of the garage and in the shed um probably have one back in the wood yard by the tractor see i used to i used to have to always put the uh chains on my lawnmower because i use that for snow removal but now that i have the tractor i don't need to use my lawnmower so i have the tractor there you go you know i guess just maybe making sure that's ready to go i don't know yeah i (laughs) as i sit here i would tell you i prepare to do this and i do that i really don't do nothing until the snow falls (laughs) and then i'm scrambling you know (laughs) i gotta find i do have a two-stage snowblower and a number of shovels but this year, if we get some deep snow, I'm going to have a secret weapon. Uh-oh. And when, oh. I won't tell you what it is, but when it comes, you're going to see it on, on my YouTube channel. Oh, boy. Listen to that. A little uh, suspense build up here. What is, I probably have a good idea. I could probably guess. <laughs> hmm. Well, when I move my my production area to the back 40 you know that's a long road and yeah. of course that's when you live in northeast ohio whenever <laughs> whenever i remember growing up you know i'd drive around with my parents we'd see a house that was up on a hill and a long driveway going up a hill and someone you could always tell who was from ohio they would say how would you get up that in the winter time you, know, you <laughs> always think about how are you going to deal with this in the winter and when i moved my back 40 i love that term by the way i'm so glad i came up with that when I moved my back 40 to the back 40, I was thinking, how am I going to get back here if we got two feet of snow? Well, a little light went off inside this head of mine, and Ooh. let's just say I'm ready. Wow. All right. Well, Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> we will be anxiously awaiting to see that secret weapon. Well, if we don't get any deep snow, you won't see it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you know, the snow, you can't, there's no predicting the snow. I don't care what anyone says. People talk about the woolly bears, these little caterpillars. Oh, yes. And, yep. Um, you know, I just, or <laughs> it's like cows. You know, they always say you can tell when it's going to rain because all the cows will be laying down. And, but I've seen times where the cows are laying down and standing up. So I'm just like, well, what's this? Scattered showers or what? You know, there's just, <laughs> there's no way to predict it, especially with, Lake Erie, just yeah. to our north. Yep. And usually warm winters is what brings us more snow because if Lake Erie doesn't freeze over, uh, yeah. we're, we're vulnerable to some major snowstorms. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you have your, you, you have a snowblower though, right? I do, but I very seldom use it ever uh-huh. since I, uh, ever since I have the, the tractor now, I just put the bucket on and I just move snow that way. And you'll plow your driveway with the tractor? Yep. Is your driveway gravel or is it paved? It's paved. Okay. I did my first time with the bucket last year and it kind of annoyed me because, you know, it puts these gigantic piles on each side of your driveway and you can expect them to be there until March <laughs> or April. Yeah, that is the one downside is you do have to then pile that snow up somewhere where like with a snowblower or something, you can just kind of throw it and it scatters yeah. it evenly. You know. Is your driveway 
uh, concrete or asphalt? Asphalt. Does it? Does your bucket like scrape off all your sealer and all? No, I don't. I don't really scrape it that hard. I'll just you know drop it down and then kind of do the float position. Uh-huh. And I mean, so the driveway doesn't get plowed like down to the pavement. But usually, what happens is. If the sun comes out for a day or two, it all melts off, and I, you know, the, the driveway's bare. Yeah, that's one thing I like about the blacktop driveway is if you get it shoveled down, the moment there's a hint of sun, it's yep. it melts away pretty quick. Yep. Do you have a do you have a leaf problem at your house going into the fall and the winter? I I do, but I don't pay attention to it. <laughs> You're not one of these rakers and baggers? No, no, no. no. Yeah, no. same here. I, let I, the... wait for a, <laughs> I wait for a big windstorm and then they become the neighbor's problem. That's what I was just going to say. I wait through the winter, let the winter winds clear the leaves all out of my yard <laughs> right. into the neighbors. And then in the spring, <laughs> if I need to, I'll rake. But otherwise, I just, in the spring, take the mower and I just mulch them up. That's what I do. I just mow them down. I am not one of these people that are obsessive of my yard. If there could be, you know, we have, we live around all these farmers. I always wish these farmers come down with these big tanks on the back of their tractors and it's herbicide, you know, they'll go out and kill. I just beg that they just accidentally drive across my yard sometime and just (laughs) kill, kill all my grass and I don't have to mow it anymore. (laughs) <laughs> but but for like leaves, at least here, we got enough land that the leaves aren't a problem. And we used to have a place when we lived outside of Youngstown. And oh my gosh, you would literally have leaves up to your knees. That's how deep they got. Yeah. And you, and you, and you couldn't just mulch them because they, you know, you, there was, you just, it was just too much. Right. It's like, kind of like our, pine, we have a lot of pine trees in our backyard and the pine needles. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I delivered wood yesterday and the guy had a huge pine needle problem on his driveway. He was frantically sweeping them off before I pulled up there and dumped all the wood on his driveway. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you didn't see any pine needles from me because I've never delivered pine before. (laughs) (laughs) What about your gutters, Dan? Is that a winter, is that a fall winter ritual for you? Uh, that again, I wait till the spring. I don't know if you're supposed to do it in the the (laughs) fall, but I wait till the spring and clean them out. (laughs) And you pull out all the maple trees that are growing out of your gutters. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, actually I don't, we don't have too bad of a problem. Just the, the trees we do have are not right near the house. So the gutters stay fairly clean. Um, and again, it's just something I just do in the spring. I figured, you know, in the in the winter, the only thing going in there is snow and it isn't going to go anywhere. So in the spring when it melts, I clean them out and then the water just runs out. Yeah. What about your vehicles? What about like your batteries and tires and your tractor? And is there anything that you do special for the winter there? There's probably stuff I should do, but I don't. You wait until there's a problem, <laughs> just like everyone else. Yeah. There's probably <laughs> something I should be doing, going down a checklist and, you know, doing all this and that. And I just, I, I've never done that. 
Yeah, I, I am probably just as bad as everyone else. I know that there are a lot of people out there that are very disciplined with the way that they approach this. And I have flashbacks to when we ran the local uh, baseball softball organization. We have this park down here. It has about three fields on it. And in the summertime, they, we just kept those looking just great for the ball season. And if you quit dragging them and raking them, the grass would grow on them pretty bad. And we, at the end of the season, we'd always say, man, we're going to just rake this all summer long just so that it looks great and we won't have as much work to do in the springtime. <laughs> and we never, we never do. <laughs> it looks like a football field with grass growing on it. It's just overrun with weeds and all. And every year we're back to it again, you know, trying to find the yep. dirt on the ball field. Yep. Oh, I did just, I just, just thought of something that I do need to do. I need to go pick up some winter bar lube for my saw. The cold temperature yeah. bar lube. Yeah. The stuff that doesn't get real thick and like molasses. <laughs> hmm. I hadn't always noticed that at least tractor supplies oil seem thinner than others. And I've never really made any adjustments in the winter time, but I don't know. The I never had any trouble with the my processor, but that is certainly something to pay attention to, huh? Yeah. Yeah, there's a I buy the steel bar lube and they have a blue uh, jug for like winter or cold temperature uh, mm -hmm. oil bar lube. And it, it, it does, I mean, like for me anyway, if it's, you know, 10 degree, 10 to zero and cold, you do want to be, well, first of all, if I, if I have to be out in that weather running my saw, <laughs> but that's another story. But if I am, I want to use, you know, that, that other bar lube because otherwise the other stuff is just thick, just yeah. What about your boots? Do you have a good set of boots for the winter? Now that I think of it, uh, I got to double check that because I was, I think last year, one of my boots ripped and I was thinking, all right, I'm just going to get a new pair next fall. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the boots. Yeah. When your boots are leaking, that's the loneliest feeling in the world. Oh. Uh, no one else knows that your right foot is freezing to death. Yes. Except you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm good with boots. I think I'm good with gloves. I need to get some ice scrapers for the vehicles. Every year, the ice scrapers are very frustrating. When you have like a layer of frost that you scrape and it just looks like you've scraped it with a fork. Yeah. <laughs> There's just like a few places where the scraper actually took the ice off and then the rest is left behind. Yeah, see, that's the one thing that with me, um, I don't necessarily, I don't have any vehicles I need to drive anywhere since I work from home and my woodyard's behind the house. So that is something that I don't even, I don't even know if I have an ice scraper in my truck. <laughs> I should probably double check that. Another thing I need right. to add to the list. <laughs> <laughs> Get them now while they're still in stock. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, Dan, this I found this discussion very depressing because I now have added to my list of things that I need to worry about and stress about until I can get it done. Yeah. Well, and again, this is we probably are sounding like we are, um, you know, 
two unprepared uh, people that have no no uh, planning skills or preparation, uh, whatever you call those checklists. But right. sometimes I just, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where when you need to do it, you do it and you don't really think about it until you have to do it. There's a reason why we sound like that though, Dan, it is because we are. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We are. <laughs> so I'm sure there's plenty of people listening right now saying, oh my goodness, you guys, just make your list, go through it. It's, it's simple to do, but. I have always said there are some things that I do great. There's some things that I am terrible at, and there's some things that I just don't do at all. <laughs> and this might be one of them. <laughs> this might some of them, be... yeah, some of them I'm going to do, and it's the exact same thing. Some of them I won't do, and. Some I'll try, but it'll be a disaster. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, hopefully you can get your woodshed. And maybe this year, if you burn through a lot of that, you know, stuff you have piled up out there, it'll become a, a not such a eyesore or, you know, fit the junkyard description. <laughs> that is a, that is on my list to do. I'd like to have all of that gone, that little unmanaged pile. My nephew dropped off those huge oak rounds. And I told him, I was like, they're going to lay there forever because I'll never be able to budge them. So I will have to, when it gets, uh, when the ground gets a little, you know, frozen and it's not hot out, I'll do it. Yep. That's my commitment. And then (laughs) let the boiler clean everything up. Yeah, boy, that thing, it'll eat everything up. Yep. If it fits in the door, it goes in. (laughs) And only a little bit comes back out. <laughs> right. All right, Dan. Well, I think it's time for me, you, and your toy chainsaw to get out of here. So how yes. about we strike up the band? Let's strike it up and let's uh, go over that list one more time in our mind. Maybe we can go check a few things off right now, right after this episode. Let's 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 see what we can do. <laughs> yeah, my list. List uh, the first item on my list is. Wait until tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds actually pretty good. So, right. Everyone, Woodhounds out there, thank you very much for tuning in and making the Woodhounds the number one firewood podcast in the world. And if you want to share your winter task list with us, Dan, how can they do that? Send us an email, thewoodhounds at gmail.com. Yeah, send us your list, or send us a list of what we should have on our list. And we'll, and we'll check make it a twice. List. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we'll tell you if you're naughty or nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan, well, let's get out of here. And I am going to wish you and everyone out there a great day. Great day.